0: What is up everyone? How you doing? What's going on? What's going on? My name is Colin Eaglesfield. Welcome to another edition of Coffee with Colin. For the next hour, you are going to be inspired by some very stimulating and amazing conversation because this show is all about me interviewing my guests and asking them what inspires them, what are the challenges that they have overcome in their life to accomplish their dreams and their goals and to achieve the successes that they have had. We have had such an amazing season three, and we're continuing it tonight with a good buddy of mine who I've had the privilege of working with on All My Children. This guy is not only one of the best actors I've worked with, he is also one of the coolest, kindest, most just generous and outgoing individuals I've ever met. So this is gonna be a really great episode. I can't wait to uh, to have him on here and to ask him uh, some stuff that, uh, you know, when we're on set, we don't necessarily always get to talk about personal stuff. And uh, there's some some really uh, some some fun stories I'm sure we're going to get into over uh, the next hour. But real quick, just uh, want to say thank you to everyone who has made this season and the past three seasons so amazing. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Camera Ready. Camera Ready is my online camera course that prepares anyone, not just actors, to be more confident in front of the camera. So if you are looking to get better on Zoom, if you're looking to create better presentations. If you're looking to have more confidence when you are presenting in front of a group of people, much like me, when I was growing up, I was super nervous and got stage fright and would feel like I wanted to vomit and sweat to death when I was in front of a group of people. But through the help and the grace of my acting teachers, I learned a lot of really great techniques and strategies that I've put into Camera Ready that will will show you how to be more impactful with your messaging. There's different audience types that you have to know how to speak to. There's different personality types. And it really comes down to creating a concise and impactful message for you to be able to create more impact and influence in the world. Nowadays, with everyone being on camera, everyone is doing things on Zoom, The only true way to really grow your business or to create influence out there is to get better at your communication, including on camera. So you can go to my website, colonnagosfield.com, check it out. And without further ado, I want to uh, read a little bit about my guest here tonight because I, again, I'm super excited to have him on here. You have known him on so many different television shows and on films. He has been, in addition to an actor, he's also been a presenter, so maybe he's going to impart to me some advice and insight on how to be a talk show host and how to interview people. So he, maybe he can share with us some uh, some tips and strategies on how to interview people as uh, as a professional. So you've seen him on Good Morning America, you've seen him on Entertainment Tonight, you've seen him on Extra, and he has co-hosted the 35th Annual Daytime Emmy Awards And uh, he's doing a bunch of Hallmark movies, and I had the privilege of working with him on All My Children. And now he is about to start a new tenure on General Hospital. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, and I can't wait to talk to him about Dancing with the Stars as well, please welcome
1: to the stage, Mr. Cameron Matheson, ladies and gentlemen. What's up, everybody? What's up, dude? Dude, that was such a great intro, man. I was just sitting back. I was like, I want to talk to that guy. Who is that guy? Yeah, it's you, dude. Well, and well done,
0: well done, man. Well done. Yeah. We're, listen, we're here to save you because you are in quarantine. Yes. And we just want to make sure you stay sane and you stay safe. And we can, like, give some of our inspiration and some uh, some positive energy your way while you're
1: quarantining in Canada, right? Appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. So for everybody, when you come from the States and you're coming to Canada for any reason, it doesn't even matter. doesn't have to be to, to shoot um, uh, a project. Uh, yeah, you got to stay in in quarantine first. You got to, I mean, first you got to test before you fly. Then you land, you test in the airport. Then they put you in temporary hotel at the airport until that second test comes back negative. Then once that comes back negative, then you move into your two week quarantine location, which I have found a little cabin. I wish I could show you where I am. I'm like this little cabin in the woods, um, the foothills of the of the mountain. So it's it's been very nice, but it's also very nice to connect uh, with uh, people like you.
0: Yep. So you just got there, and so uh, you're shooting this Hallmark movie. Are you uh, are you able to tell us a little bit about what it's about? Or? You know,
1: this is the thing. Like, it's so funny because we're going to talk about GH, and we're talking about Hallmark movie. Neither of which I can. It's so bizarre to me. Like, you know, the whole secret thing. This movie, in particular, though, I'll say this: I can't. They haven't announced it yet, and the reason why it's even remotely, um, you know, kind of a cool deal for Hallmark is. It's the number one request from uh, Hallmark fans out there that they do, and that's all I can say about it. So mm. when it's announced, the, the people will know what I'm talking about. But it's a, it's a movie that's been highly anticipated. Uh, I can't wait, and um, I, I I feel funny not being able to tell you more about it because it's so. Sad. Yeah. To me, it's, to me, it's like, I just want to tell you. But uh, Yeah. No, I
0: know a lot of uh, studios and, and production companies, they, it's like the scripts might as well be like CIA, CIA top secret government oh, yeah. information. They act yeah. like it is the most secret stuff, and they'll put your yeah. name on the script so if it gets out, they know who to trace it back to so they, they never have you come in and audition again. But yeah. totally get it. But um, when will this movie
1: be out? Uh, August, it's coming out August. I mean, it's going to be. Oh, wow. I actually, before um, I, I talked to you, I texted the executive producer. And I said, "Listen, I want to do an interview, and they're probably going to want to talk about it. Can I just mention it?" And they're like, "Not yet." So it's going to be announced in, in the next couple of weeks or something. But uh, okay, it's it's exciting. I I love doing. I mean, I you know, I hosted Home and Family, which you were a guest on. Um, I love that show, and I, it's the probably my favorite job I've ever had. But I really do love doing the, the hallmark projects homework movies it's mm-hmm. one, of the, one of the coolest things in the world the two-week quarantine isn't my favorite yeah but, but the movies themselves are great
0: yeah so it's been a bit since uh since i've i saw you it was a year and a half ago when my book actually almost two years ago when my book came out yeah you had me on home and family got yeah. to talk about agile artists thank you very much for for that opportunity um so how long were you on home and family for
1: yeah i co-hosted for three years um and, uh, um, you know, sadly, last, I don't know what day it is today, but last Friday, t- today's Monday, last Friday mm. was the last uh, tape day for Home and Family got canceled. So it's going to be airing through August, um, but it is it is done. It's off the air um, as of August. I mean, we're done. We're done. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's a shame because it seems like that all my children was a casualty of just the way in which... Television is, has evolved now with the 4,000 channels on cable. Yeah. I mean, people have so many things, so many opportunities to watch stuff. Um, how long have you been acting?
1: I um, have been acting since 1996.
0: Okay. So that's right around the t- – yeah, so you started probably about three years before – I did. And so you were growing up in Canada and I've got some, yeah. some really good questions from my audience members here. Oh, good, good, good. Um, yeah. sure, And some of them are curious about, uh, and even they brought up some stuff that I wasn't even aware of. Um, so Nadine dug up that you went to McGill.
1: I did university yeah, in Montreal. It's a really good school in Canada. Yeah.
0: Okay. And you were, um, you were studying civil engineering. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. Yeah, civil engineering. Okay. So what happened from, I mean, did you
1: graduate? How did you get into the whole acting thing? Was it yeah. something you wanted to do? It's a, it's a crazy story and one that my parents are pained by re- reliving every time I tell it. But, uh, so I'm in, I'm in engineering school, you know, uh, and I, I've worked for professors my, um, all the way through, like in my summer breaks, I work for a professor and then I kind of go back and it's, school's going well and everything. I, I'm not, I'm not super crazy about it. It's not, my whole M.O. was to go to engineering school and then maybe get an MBA and get into a design build situation with my buddy who was an architect, right? I'd be the engineer, he'd be the architect. I would have maybe gone to MBA school. That was sort of the, the big picture. However, the summer before my last year of engineering, I couldn't find a job. I couldn't get one with professors or whatever. And somebody said, um, you should you should try modeling. Make some extra cash. And I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I never really took it seriously. But I went to see an agency up in in Canada. I think at the time I was in Toronto. And uh, and that went well. Like in the first week, I made more money than I made like my last three summers combined. And I was like, this doesn't suck. Yeah. Um, And then uh, that led into doing commercials. And my whole time through college, my roommate was actually a pretty successful actor. He was studying um, uh, arts and and drama there. But he was also working and writing and, and doing a lot. So I would... I was around it a lot, so when commercials started coming in, and then I started getting what they called legit uh, auditions, um, I started I started booking things. I just I guess I was, I guess I was on some level comfortable enough just to be you know pretty real on camera. Um, I wasn't necessarily like a trained actor by any means, um, but then. I started booking stuff in Toronto, I, and I did a movie called 54, Studio 54, with Ryan Phillippe, Nev Campbell, Mike Myers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was amazing. And then I was on that set when I got the call that I booked all my children. I had I had done this uh, audition, and I booked all my children. So um, that was a pretty life-changing time.
0: Yeah. What was your audition process like? Was it – neuro- your audition process for all my children and do you get nervous before auditions. Do you get the butterflies and the nervous sweaty armpits? Like I do,
1: you know, I, I don't really anymore. I used to for sure. And it's funny. You were talking about being a shy kid. Um, I was unbelievably painfully shy. Like I was like, you know me pretty well. I'm pretty outspoken, pretty comfortable in my own skin. Mm-hmm. I was so uncomfortable around people. Like I would, I would avoid other humans at all costs. And to, to, th- to think that I'm up in front of millions of people doing stuff is insane. So, yeah. to your point, and what it is that you're helping people achieve, I can't remember the name of it. What was it? Camera ready. Camera ready. It's, it's gold. It's, it, it's really, it's, first of all, it's possible. Cause Colin and I are living proof of that. Yes. Um, so I, I, I didn't take it, but essentially I did just, a, I did the work. I did I did a, a much harder version. I, w- I would recommend going Colin's way for sure. But anyway, so I, um, my, my audition process now I'm pretty comfortable. I, I feel like um, I don't necessarily audition a ton anymore. Um, but I, uh, I, I don't know. I, I almost have like, when I when I really want something, that's when I usually suck. <laughs> when I really yeah. want it, when, I, when it's something like oh man, this changed my life. I want this so bad. Yeah, that's when I usually like I just try too hard. But when I don't yeah. really care, like so, for all my children. Um, I was just visiting friends in New York for the weekend, man. Like I was mm-hmm. just there. I went to see an acting agent just to be able to write off the trip. I was bought mm-hmm. a place in Toronto. Like I wasn't moving anywhere. Yeah. And the acting agent said, listen, I think you got a great look. Judy Blind Wilson and all my children's a friend of mine. Just go and say mm-hmm. hi. I was mm-hmm. like, sure, man. Yeah, let's go. Let's go say hi to Judy Like, again, it was not even in the realm of a possibility for me. Yeah. Uh, if anything, I was going to move to L.A. I wasn't going to move to New York. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, in my head. And, uh, and I went into Judy and I was relaxed or whatever. I told her I was shooting 54. And then she gave me a script to read, gave me a, like a cold read. So for five minutes, I looked over this little scene, and then she put me on tape. She's like, "It's gonna put you on tape. Go ahead." From that tape, I got a screen test. I was the only one they screen tested. They wrote the they wrote the part for me, and I booked all my children. Man, it was like the biggest gift. It was mm-hmm. it did not happen like that. Everybody, it was yeah. just just sometimes. Like I said, I, I I didn't I wasn't grasping at it. It was like mm-hmm. something that I wasn't even considering. So I was super relaxed, probably yeah. a little cocky. I've seen my uh, my screen test. I've seen I've, seen, oh, I've really? seen I've seen the cold read. I saw. Okay, the- I would love to see that. And Is that um, on YouTube, can we watch it someplace? I gotta find it. Man. I mean, I have it. I have it on file somewhere. I, have, I haven't posted anywhere, but I um, anyway. So it was. Uh, it's a good lesson. It's a good lesson to. To do your best to to be uh, not too attached to results and just yeah. go in and and do your do your deal and do your best and do, you know prepare, but then let go let go of the results let go yeah. of what can happen, because there's a million reasons they'll love you, there'll be there's a million reasons that they'll absolutely not even consider you. So
0: yeah yeah that's why I love acting because it's such a zen practice of of working hard putting in the work but not being attached to the outcome of what it's going to be like. Um, and so I I would say what you, when you're talking about the things that you don't necessarily, um, it's it's the stuff that you really care about that we get nervous about because we think about how it's going to be or how it should be. And that's when we get in our head and we're not in the present moment. So like after I finished all my children, there was an audition for a cop TV show for CBS And it was right around when, remember the movie Seven with Brad Pitt? Like, awesome movie. Brad Pitt was a stud. I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be amazing. And and I had the opportunity to fly out to Los Angeles because I was still living in New York City from when AMC, um, when I finished on AMC. So I flew out to Los Angeles to do this screen test for this cop CBS TV show. Oh, and by the way, they were like, by the way, what since you're out here, Colin, once you go up for this audition for Melrose Place, they're doing a reboot, they're going to redo it. And I was like, Yeah, okay, whatever. Melrose Place, I want the cop show. And I went in that morning and I just blew the audition. And then I was like, Yeah, all right, fine, I'll go to this damn Melrose Place thing. And it was such a lesson in it, just going in and doing it. And for me, it was just like it was, I was present, I was in the moment. It was such a lesson in just being, um just taking in where you are at. And in that moment, I was able to, you know, it was one of the best auditions I've ever had. And then I booked the show. And from there, I just kept using those lessons in the sense that you put in the work, you do the best you can. And whenever I would uh, go into an audition or a high pressured situation, I would just remind myself, why am I there? And I would just say, I'm not there to get the job. I'm there to go into this room and give the gift of my performance. And if it fits, great. If it doesn't, then it wasn't meant to be. It's always served me since that moment. So I'm glad you said that. But my question to you is being an introvert and then you then transitioned into becoming this studly model guy and then going to All My Children where you were cocky in that audition. How did you go from introvert and a nervous little kid to having that confidence and being able to be the outgoing personality that you, you exhibit today?
1: It's a really good question. Um, and I don't have, I don't have like specifics, but, um, so I was, we're going to take a little detour here. When I was a kid, uh, I was from the age of two and a half to about seven. I was disabled. I had a, a, a degenerative bone disease in the head of my femurs and I wore a. A very very large uh, a-frame metal brace, like Forrest Gump's, but like way bigger, and I couldn't walk in it. It was rigid, and I had a crutch in back, and I had a crutch in front, and I would, I would swing me to walk. Like I mean, I'm talking all the way through elementary school. This is how I was night and day. I wore it to sleep. Like it was, it was a, it was a, there was a thing to stare at. It was a thing Mm -hmm. to be like, what is going on? Made a lot of noise. Um, so my point is, is I learned in those years to really kind of try and hide as much as I can, because people would stare, and you know they, you know, you know it's, it's, it was a, as a kid that could be tough uh, with bullying and all that stuff. Yeah. But so my point is, is that as time went on, I still kind of identified a little bit with being that kind of, you know, for lack of a better word, crippled kid, and. Uh, And then as I kind of got older and I I excelled in sports and I probably did it subconsciously to overcome, you know, my sort of early beliefs of myself, but I started to kind of go crazy with sports and I did really well in basketball. I played college basketball at McGill. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I started like, I used other successes in my life to build build sort of more confidence um, in myself. And then eventually, and that's also, believe it or not, one of the reasons so I'm not saying this is the right way to do it, everybody. I'm just saying that I think that's how it worked for me. I think there's a lot healthier way to, to build your own self-confidence than by using external kind of validation. But um, I, uh, one of the reasons I went into modeling to begin with was that same reason to sort of feel, um, I don't know, validated, to to have a different kind of identity. I, I definitely didn't think about it at the time, but I, I remember – really wanting it. And my my buddy who was an architect and all you know, I was successful in engineering school, going off to MBAs. And they were like, why do you want to do like I don't understand why you're so why do you want to do this? And I and I really believe that's why. And I think over time I I I just was in a situation that allowed me to become slowly more confident, slowly more um um sure of myself. Uh but when you base it on all those externals, um, you know it becomes very fragile. Mm-hmm. So the reason why I would not, I wouldn't recommend, you know, doing that. I mean, of course, it helps a little bit, right? Um, yeah. You want to try and emphasize things that you're, you, maybe you're good at, or that you feel good about, or that you're confident in. But at the same time, if it's, if, if your whole self worth is kind of based on all those things, it's, it's like, um, it's a very fragile, it's a very fragile situation because they're not going to last.
0: Yeah, well, I think it's good advice. Doing yeah. something that you you love and that you're good at and then building off of that. So you were good at basketball. It was something that you love to do, right? And I think when you do something that you love and you f- you know that you're good at it, I think that's a great way to start building more confidence around what, you know, who you are and what you're able to do. Focus on the things that you love, even if maybe you're not, if, if uh, you know, if you love to draw and let's say maybe you're not, the best artist. If you love to do it, just keep doing it because it's all about you doing what you love to do. That's what's going to resonate. That's where, you know, it's about owning the things that are unique to you and the things that you love, because you're right. If you try to find validation outside, you are constantly going to be disappointed. and You're going to constantly be on this roller coaster of, uh, of, did I do it right? Is this something that, you know, um, it, it, you're constantly asking permission from other people to do something where if you just focus on the love of what you do, then no matter what happens in your life, because as actors, we we're on TV shows, then we get let go of TV shows, TV shows end, and it's for the pure love of this that keeps me going, probably you too, because this job is way too difficult to be just to be dealing with all these ups and downs and people keep asking me like, how do you keep going? Like, what do you do to keep going? What, what it's like, well, I just love it. Like I I literally, you know, the people are always going to say negative things or have comments. And I mean, we all get it. Even the top A-list actors out there and anyone that is great at anything, they're going to be criticized. So you, I keep saying you might as well just do what you love to do because if you're going to get fired or if you're going to do something difficult in life, you might as well do it, do something that you love to do rather than something that you hate doing because either way, the results are going to be the same, or the, the uh, the, yep. judgment, the criticism is still going to be the same.
1: It's, re- it's really good advice. I mean, you know, we're we, we, we very, very fortunate and, and we're grateful, I'm sure, that we get to love. Like, I, I when I was home and family was on for those three years up until Friday, um, like. I loved it. I loved. I loved going to work every morning. I loved being on that show. Go mm-hmm. to like, a, a, a Hallmark movie. I love it. When we were on All My Children, I would still be on that show if it was still on the air. Like I loved it. Like I, you know what I mean? There's yeah, other, it was jobs, fun. other jobs that I've done that I haven't that have been sort of in that you know I had to take jobs that I, that I had to take, they, they weren't my favorite. Um, but at the time, you know, I got a family to provide for. So, you know, I had to take them. But but we've been lucky to have been doing things that we just love. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. it's Awesome. So I've got, uh, oh, by the way, I just want to say what I love about working with you on All My Children is that Cameron, ladies and gentlemen, had a full weight set in his dressing room. So whenever her Whenever any of us guys on the, on the show had to go do like a shirtless scene or a bedroom scene, <laughs> we Cameron's room, knock on the door. Hey, Cam, can I,
1: uh, can I use those 25 pounders? He literally had a weight set in his dressing room. You it was great. I, I did. I had a whole, I had a whole rack of dumbbells didn't I?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Where is that? From? They're smart, man. It was, yeah. I'd walk in there like Aiden Turner would be in there or Justin Bruning would be, like, oh, hey, dude, you got a
1: bedroom scene too? Yeah. 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 Trying to get the pop up. Pop yeah. up. Listen. No, it was great. I would just do push ups like crazy, but you know.
0: Yeah. So uh, I have a question here from Miss Nicole Weston. She's asking if you weren't an actor, what would you be doing?
1: great question i mean in my fantasy land i would be uh like a ski instructor and a golf instructor like summers and winters right that's sort of like fantasy land but realistically i probably would be in finance i probably would have gone um, from engineering into uh get an mba and um likely gone into the financial world i'm, I'm like a numbers guy math and science has always been my thing and, yeah um, Sometimes I wonder what it would have been like it had I done that because it would have been a little potentially more stable, not I mean, for sure, but a little bit more stable maybe.
0: So as a business-minded person, do you do anything entrepreneurial?
1: Um, you know, not, not terribly other than try and start like a little um, kind of fitness, all, all sort of a health and, and lifestyle brand that I'm slowly working on now. It's called All Health 360. Um, It's just kind of in its early stages, but it's being like 360 degrees of health coming at it from, you know, meditation and emotional health and nutrition Mm -hmm. and and fitness and stuff. Um, But no, I I wouldn't even say that I'm necessarily business minded. I'm just more like a numbers guy. I think I was if had I gone into MBA school, I think that would have kind of got me more into the business world.
0: And uh, you bring up meditation. Yeah. And uh, one of our viewers her name is Zulema Avis. Okay, she, uh, she's asking, "How old were your kids when they started? When you started doing family meditation with them?"
1: Oh my gosh, do I do I know her? I'm, I'm looking at all the comments, guys. These these are so awesome that everybody. Yeah,
0: Zulema is. Uh, she's an amazing woman. She's in the Inspire community that uh, I've created, and oh, cool. uh, she's amazing, amazing person. Uh, well, so she's just, yeah. I don't know if you know her or not, but
1: no, well, I just wondered if, uh, if because there, I, I, um, in upstate New York, um, there was a, there was a beautiful kind of meditation center called Kadampa Meditation Center in New York, I think. And, uh, my kids, man, oh man, my daughter had to have been three or less, and my son had to be a six or less, you know. So let's say my daughter was like two or three. My son was five or six, and we would go to something on Sundays, just like a family meditation class together. It was called Dharma for Kids, and it was uh, it was so cool, man. It was just like a feel good, easy, nothing like, you know. They would have little games and things, and you know, like a little project on, on You know, it was just, so they were they were young when we started doing family meditations, and uh, and we still uh, we still incorporate them.
0: And what would you say are some of the benefits for some people out there who've heard about meditation, who have heard about some of the health benefits, but are still like, ah, I can't sit still. If I sit still, all the thoughts run in my head and I got to get
1: up and go do it. Yeah. Well, I'll say this, that meditation is single pointedly it's been the biggest, most uh, life-changing thing that I've ever incorporated. I, I don't understand. Um, because I think, probably because I had that brace on my leg as a kid, I could not sit still. I couldn't even ride in the backseat of a taxi going across town in New York without having like earpl- like earphones on, listen to music to distract. Like I just, it was uh, very unsettled. I had to, I had a whole routine to even get me to fall asleep. Meditation has like, it's it's incredible how you can you can incorporate changes into your into your life like nothing else because the the example i give and i don't want to get too into this but like when you when you let's say you read a self help book or you go to therapy or something it's, mm-hmm. it's it's in many ways a very surface level change it's like it's like it's you're on the surface of of a very turbulent ocean and you're trying to make an impact on that ocean like throwing let's say throwing a rock into it it's not mm-hmm. going to make a big splash but when you learn to meditate and you can just kind of quiet your mind a little bit, it's like you're kind of going below or you're getting to a, like a pond that's much more still. And then if you throw a rock and if you try to incorporate more you know, patience in your, in your life or more, let's say, love and acceptance, more sense of equanimity, when you do it through meditation, you're doing it at a calmer state of your mind where the changes can be implemented way more effectively. Mm-hmm. And I agree at the beginning it can be really hard, but I, I, I hated it at the beginning. Like I I couldn't, yeah. I have no idea why I continued doing it. <laughs> like it's it's shocking to me. I was so it was so painful for me at the beginning that the fact that I kept doing it uh, must I must have found just a tiny little bit of benefit initially. And I know that I, I do know that if you can do if you can change a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. You can change a tiny bit more. Yeah. You can change a tiny bit more, you can change a tiny bit more, till eventually it's a lot. And for some reason I stuck with it. And now, like on this two week quarantine, I'm up here, I have a structured meditation retreat that I'm doing. I'm doing three sessions a day. Um that I'm you know, like it's 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 a gift, it's it's amazing. And you can it's not just blanking out your mind. Your mind's gonna be busy, your mind's gonna have thoughts. It's mm-hmm. more or less just kind of controlling those thoughts. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's to try and blanket out to nothing is, is just one small little type of meditation, which happens to be very hard to do. It's called the absorption of cessation meditation. And it's 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 mm. there's a lot of different types of meditations where you're actually using your mind to help keep it occupied, uh, to help making those changes that you want to make. So I yeah. highly recommend it.
0: Yeah. Again, right before I uh, started on Melrose Place, When I got booked on the show, I went out to Los Angeles and I was so nervous because everyone just kept saying, oh my God, you're going to be on the show. The last Melrose Place went for seven years. You're going to be this big TV star, see those houses up in the hills. You're going to be like a millionaire. And I was like, oh my God, like what? And so I just literally started getting all this anxiety. And a friend of mine was a yoga slash meditation teacher. And uh, funny enough, he was a model that I met in Milan, Italy And uh, when I had met him, he was always just like calm and really zen. And when I went out to uh, Los Angeles, um, I always stayed in touch with him and knew he was doing yoga and meditation. So I called him up and I said, dude, I need some help. I like the anxiety and my mind is racing about all the stuff that I'm I'm thinking about. And so what he taught was transcendental meditation where they give you a mantra. And so instead of just sitting there thinking about nothing and having all these – thoughts come into your head about all the things you have to do and should be doing. It's all about focusing on a word that keeps you centered. So whatever that word is, you can create it to be like peace and you just keep repeating that word peace or calm or whatever it is. And thoughts will come up. And even if it's just for two minutes, start with a two minute meditation practice. And then like you were saying, just add to it until it's five minutes. And they say that, uh, a quality meditation is 20 minutes in the, mor- in the morning, 20 minutes in the evening, or whenever you need it. So I'm seeing some comments here about people have tried it. And it, uh, like Nicole is saying, she's never been a good, good at meditation, brain racing, need to try this again. And Angeline Fry, I would definitely highly recommend trying it. And just pick a word that induces some state of calm or relaxation for you, you and sit put on some relaxing music, and I guarantee you, like you said, it has been a game changer because when you quiet your mind, you um, you open yourself up to solutions to any problems you're dealing with. You allow your mind to and your brain to have the ideas come into your head that allow you to solve the problems that you're dealing with instead of just trying to muscle through them.
1: Absolutely true, 100%. Yeah. um, It's pretty, it's pretty amazing. And yeah, it definitely takes a little, a little, a little practice to kind of get going with it. But, you know, and also um, if you can find a class to start with, where there's like somebody teaching, well, by the way, was the model named Cameron? What? Uh, No, his name was Derry. Oh, Derry. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: There was a guy in Italy named Cameron. I can't, he was like a a big model. I think he was before your time. Okay. How old are you yet?
0: I'm 48. But I, 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 remember Cameron. I actually worked with Cameron.
1: Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Was he in the meditation? A big or a big whatever, yoga instructor.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, well, you touched on saying that you've read some books. I've uh, i have an at. I'm sure, you've read plenty of books in your life, but the question is from Marisa Costa: um, Who is your favorite author?
1: Well, you know, as far as like kind of everyday books, uh, probably uh, Paulo Coelho, uh, the, uh, the Alchemist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love that book that yeah. as well. Now, as far as like you know, kind of meditation books, or, uh, uh an incredible Tibetan Buddhist monk named Geshe Kelsang Gyatso is the uh, the books that I follow for like that I'm kind of reading on this meditation retreat, but. Um, yeah, those are those are those are the kind of books that I like to read because Colin and I, we, you know, we read scripts and we read enough kind of like fantasy and things. And um, when I when I take time to sit down and read it, you know, for me, it makes more sense for me to make it sort of like a, a meaningful reading session. Not, not that reading scripts isn't meaningful, but those are more just like um, either work or for pleasure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those are those are the types of books that I like to read.
0: Awesome. And uh, next question is from Sharon. She would like to know who would you like to work with that you have not yet had the opportunity to work with? Actor, director.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, if I pick one person, how about? I mean, this can I pick anybody? Anybody? Yeah. It doesn't have to be realistic. I'd say Jennifer Aniston. Great answer. <laughs> I mean, it's a little bit weird, but by the way, it just popped in my head, so I went with my yeah. Friend, right? I've always been, I've had a chance to meet her a few times and she's been wonderful, but I always appreciate her sense of, uh, comedy and her timing. And, uh, I would love to, to be able just to kind of play and improvise with somebody like her. I think she's really great.
0: Awesome. Yeah, definitely a, a fan of hers. Um, Samantha Carnes is asking what keeps you motivated? Um,
1: To make the most out of out of my time here, like to not feel like I'm wasting, um, you know, wasting my life. That'll get kind of corny, or you know. But I, I feel like I, I I stay motivated. I don't. Um, I think it's really important to have downtime. Don't get me wrong. Like it's really mm-hmm. really important. I'm literally doing that for two weeks here. Uh, I'm not. I'm barely working out. I'm just doing like light yoga, meditation. You know what I mean? So downtime's great. But what I mean is just motivated to to find the next, um, I don't know, to travel, let's say, or to find a next kind of cool project to work on or to produce mm-hmm. or to, um, or to, to I, I definitely, you know, I push myself to continue my health journey and to figure out like, you know, how I can be healthy or what I can do. and That's why I sort of started that that All Health 360 handle. Um, but I think the the real motivation behind it all is to, to make the most out of this life.
0: And touching on that, you uh- you and I share something in common in the sense that we're both we've had cancer, we've gone through a cancer battle, and uh you know just wanted to ask how that's been for you, because for some people out there they may not know that you have been dealing with your own cancer experience. Um, would you care to share with us a little bit about that? And yeah,
1: that I'd be happy to. Yeah, I um I uh, was diagnosed in 2019 um, with renal cell carcinoma. It was August of 2019. I still remember the day uh, I got the phone call. Um, renal cell carcinoma or kidney cancer. And it was in my right kidney. And it was a, a tumor about four centimeters, which was, you know, pretty, pretty good size for a kidney tumor. Not, not massive, but good size. Um, they thought it had been there for many years because it grows very. Really, apparently that tumor grows pretty slowly so probably been there i mean they don't like to put a time on it but between like six and 12 years i've been growing there Ooh. so um how did I, you know it was there yeah it's it's the question i get more than anything and, I, and honestly it was it was incredibly fortunate but i um i've always been like the guy like i've noticed in the last let's say seven years or so that um something's changed in my body like i noticed that. Just digestion wasn't as good. I didn't have the same kind of energy. There was like more cramping and things like that. And um, so I had been doing lots of tests, blood work, uh, stomach tests, all sorts, Mm -hmm. you know, all sorts of tests looking at levels. And a lot of them were pretty concerning and not really in line with what should be for a guy who's active and eats really clean, like crazy clean. And uh, meditates and tries to de-stress. I do, like, you know, on paper, everything everything right. But my white blood cell count was very confusing, um, as well as some other things. And I, I thought that I had something wrong. And, and I had asked for an MRI. I said, let's let's get an MRI on my gut because I figured mm-hmm. out. And the doctor's like, you definitely don't need an MRI. It's, we're not there yet. Don't. This was, like, for two years I was requesting an MRI. Um, and and he, he, they weren't saying no. They were just saying mm-hmm. you're not need it. Trust me. So I was like, okay. Eventually, I was like, I got you know, I I was so strict for a while, and then I get did some more tests. Strict meaning like careful with what I was doing and eating, mm-hmm. and the results were still super off. And I'm like, what is going on? I cannot figure this out, especially the white blood cell one because that's a biggie, right? You can white blood cell if the numbers are a certain way can be an indication of something uh, big like uh, cancer. Um, so I, I so I said, fine, let's get you the MRI it was of my gut and then in the, and then the mri um i felt the whole thing shift like i was getting the mri and all of a sudden they went, and i spent another like 40 minutes in this new position and i was like huh that's kind of weird um but didn't think much of it and then I, I got a call from the doctor five hours later which is never a good sign so um, they found, they said that my gut was fine, but uh, that I had uh, a tumor on my kidney, renal cell carcinoma. Now with kidney cancer, if it hadn't spread, which it hadn't, into my mm-hmm. lymph nodes, in my lungs, et cetera, they think likely because I have been so healthy and I don't eat a high sugar diet and I don't eat mm-hmm. a lot of processed foods and stuff, didn't really have the energy necessarily to spread, but just to kind of grow and then spot, which is very lucky, not mm-hmm. so long. Um, but it was, just, it was just surgery. So I had surgery about a month later, Um, And it went well laparoscopic. So they went in like robotically and And I still have a good chunk of my right kidney and my whole left kidney. and I had my one year uh, checkup and uh, no side and, you know, one year down, hopefully uh, lots to go.
0: Awesome, man. Thanks,
1: buddy. uh, How did you
0: get through that? Did you have a good support network? I mean, obviously your wife is amazing. Your kids are great. I've met them, them all. I'm sure you've had, I'm sure you have a huge support network. What would you say? Yeah, for anyone who's going through a health, you know, health scare, health issues, um, what advice would you give them to uh, stay empowered through it in the face of it all?
1: You know, it, I wonder if this is good advice or not. But I, obviously, the first thing is to do everything that you can. Um, make the phone calls, do the follow-ups, take the tests, do everything you possibly can, even before you get a diagnosis. It's so so important. Uh, now, with that said. Um, there's only so much that we can do, right? So, like try the best you can to have a peaceful, faithful mind. Uh, I, I, w- I would say in the face of adversity, I think that'll really help your recovery mm-hmm. and like to, to really try to do it all with, with peace, like to do it all with as much acceptance um, that you can, because I feel like that has a really, it has a very positive effect on your mind. Mm-hmm. So you already have a, you already have a, let's say a sick body cancer or who knows what, hopefully not, but let's say, you know, something that you need to fix in your body that's already there mm-hmm. have like the anxiety or like we tend to reject it. I can't believe this is happening. This is not, and then like the, the stress and anxiety yeah. messes your mind too. And so you've got like the agitated, stressful mind, plus the sick body. Uh, it's a bad combination. Um, so to the best of your ability to do everything you can within your power, but at the same time a level of acceptance accepting what is and what you know what's happening and to try to do it with as peaceful mind as possible and i really believe that um i mean i think that's whether or not that helped me specifically with it helped my mind it helped the way that i got mm-hmm. to do it obviously your support system um yeah is important um and you know too colin i mean you you so many so many people that love you and follow you that you don't even know um yep. You know, we're there and reached out and sent you love and prayers and 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 we're so incredibly lucky for that and great, you know, so mm-hmm. fortunate. But even if you don't have that, um, you do. Like even if you don't yeah. think you have that, you yeah. do. Because I know Colin and my myself and other cancer survivors and people going through tough things. Like I literally pray for people I don't even know every day. Like I just think because like you got you you can't go through something like that. And not yeah. have it affect you in a way like bigger picture to think about others yeah. that are going through the same or way worse. Like in the grand scheme of yeah. things, pretty darn easy. You you had it harder than I did for sure, uh, Colin. But it's um, so those those sorts of things bring a level of acceptance uh, and peace with the mind, and that way, I really believe you have more shot at tackling the physical aspect.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's great advice, and and I would also say that a lot of us are afraid to share experiences like this or to tell people that we're going through certain things. And I tried to hide it. I didn't tell anyone at all. My children, I remember. I had my surgery. I was going through my radiation and it was the third week of my radiation treatment when I was on set and Casey came up to me and he was like, are you, you're right. And I probably looked like I was green and sweaty. And, um, the radiation was just, you Know it just was making me not feel great, and at that point, I just I couldn't hide it anymore. And I I said, No, I I'm going through this treatment, and he said, Why didn't you tell anyone <laughs> you and I and I said I I just didn't want to make it anyone else's problem or issue, and it was a big lesson because you know, as, as afraid as I was to tell people, as soon as I told Julie, our producer, um, she was like What are you doing? We're family here. This will give you whatever you need, time off, whatever. And and then you and everyone else on the show—they just showed up, and it just felt like so comforting knowing that now I was coming to a show that it went from me showing up on a TV show with other actor people, where now it felt like a family. That these you guys really—it really felt like you guys got to know me on a deeper, more intimate level. And it was through this tragedy that an amazing, you know, amazing outcome came out of it in the sense of better, deeper relationships. And I felt more supported. So anyone who's going through anything like this, I would highly encourage you to just share it, reach out to the people that you know are there that can support you. So definitely, definitely know that you're not alone in this journey and, um, and just, just share, just, you know,
1: let someone know. Well said, buddy.
0: Yeah. Um, And to piggyback on that, um, can you tell us a little bit about your diet and how you stay so healthy and share with us some of the like things, foods you eat and your exercise routine?
1: You know, it's, um, you know, it's changed a lot from time to time. Like I've generally been, um, like I'll say this first that we're all very, very different. And, um, and even I'm different than I was, let's say, five years ago as far as what's working well with me and stuff. But uh, I think some some common things can help us all no matter if we're, if we're vegan, if we're keto, if we're whatever. Um, so generally, I've been a pretty low-carb guy. Um, I generally feel my best when I'm eating low-carbohydrate, a little bit higher of the healthy fats. So that I, that's where I get my energy from and then good quality sources of protein. But, but honestly, no matter what I'm doing um, – I like to eat just or, organic uh, veggies and fruits. I like to eat, you know, wild caught fish. If I eat um, protein, if I'm eating meat, I'll eat like grass fed, the best that I can afford because it's a little pricey. Uh, but just I try to eat as little processed food as possible, um, uh, meaning like just food, just as real food as you can get. So a lot of veggies, a lot of fruits, a lot of not a lot of grains for me. They don't work as well. For some people, they thrive on that. That's great. Um, um, but I, I've also done, I've implemented in my life, uh, in, intermittent fasting, um, which is just sort of like structured eating time. I'd rather call it structured eating time than intermittent fasting. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of great health benefits with that. There's also some times that you want to go off that. So I've been doing fasting for, for two years now. So um, when
0: do you, so at like 6 p.m. or. 8 p.m., you stop eating, and then you don't eat until the next day? At like yeah,
1: like I'll, if University. I shut down at 11, I'll try not to eat. Excuse me. If I shut it down at 7, I'll try not to eat until 11 the next day, which would be a 16-hour fasting window. And in that window, I would have just water and uh, a little bit of black coffee. Although I'm having coffee with Colin right now, and I, I, I <laughs> take day two on no coffee. So it's actually just herbal tea. Um But, yeah, so I'll do that, and then I'll get my calories. I'm not calorie-restricting, and then I'll try to get all my calories within that eight-hour window. It gives your your gut a a break of digestion. It allows you to digest food fully. It also um, allows your body something called autophagy, which uh, because we're not spending energy digesting food, our body has the energy to go in and start repairing itself. In fact, I've actually healed injuries that won't go away um, by doing, like, extended fasts for a period of time. Cause it gives your body like a lot of chance to actually heal itself. Um, now, you know, if you've got a history of eating disorder, if you've got um, anything like that, fasting can get a little tricky for you. You know, you gotta be, you gotta be on your game. Even just doing a 12 hour window, just going from eight till eight would be great. Mm-hmm. You've got a little break. Uh, obviously it helps you stay lean, helps you burn fat very effectively. Um, and it also helps you use fat as a fuel source because you're, you're running out of the, carb, the the glucose in your blood. So intermittent fasting, I'm generally a low-carb guy, but just like real good quality, the best quality foods you can afford, the least amount of processed foods. I'm definitely not a big sugar guy. Uh, sugar is, for me, absolute poison. Um, it really affects me badly. affects my, my mind, affects my brain, affects my joints, uh, my gut. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, if it's my kid's birthday, I'm going to have a piece of birthday cake. I'm not like yeah. that. But just generally the best I can do. Um, yeah. So right now I've, I've switched off of intermittent fasting, and I'm doing, um, which is more common, six small, very, very small meals a day. Um, just to change things up a little bit, I want to see how mm-hmm. it affects me. Um, and uh, still same amount of calories, but just kind of spread out, very, very light, uh, six small meals. And, yeah. Uh, Doing that for a while, so I, I like to change it up and and see how I feel, see how my energy is, see how uh, maybe my muscle growth is or my you know fat loss or whatever it is. Like I, I try to try to keep a certain weight, yeah. Um, but I'm not crazy about it. So that's yeah. cool.
0: That's great insight. Thank you for that. Uh, my next question is from Amy Krause. and I did mention your beautiful wife and your kids, uh, which by the way, please tell them I said hello. Uh, Amy Krause is asking, because she's a mother of two, how do you balance your home and work life?
1: Well, it's been a little easier uh, since I've been on on Home and Family, um, because I finished that show. So I I co-hosted a talk show on Hallmark Channel called Home and Family for three years, as we talked about. And Mm -hmm. that show usually wrapped around 3 or 3.30. So I would... You know, I get up really early in the morning. I do my morning meditation and kind of get ready for the day.
0: What time do you wake up normally?
1: I wake up – I try to wake up at 5. Uh, while I'm here in quarantine, I'm not doing that. I'm letting myself sleep in. Okay. Uh, in fact, I'm trying to encourage myself to sleep in. Um, yeah. You just kind of really kind of pack up on some sleep. But generally when I'm working, 5 o'clock to get everything in yeah. before yeah. I go. And um, so it was easier to balance. Um but you know, one of the ways that I do balance it, and it's maybe a little bit sad, I don't know, is that I don't have a lot of other life. <laughs> like like I've, got, I've got work, I've got my family, which is incredibly important to me. They're a super, super involved dad and husband. And, um, and then sort of my fitness and feel good aspect, which I try to do at home, but I, I also like to play golf. So my alone time in that is when I kind of go and play a few holes of golf, even in my quarantine. I'm going to try and turn this around so you can see out the window. I don't know if this is going to blow it up. But there's a huge field. I even found a quarantine place where there's a huge field out here where I can hit like golf balls. Outside. Oh, gorgeous. So for me, that's something that is very relaxing. It's like um, it's sort of like my my fun time. You know, I get to do that. Um, but really, it, you know, the, the fitness and lifestyle, uh, work and family. I, I don't I don't really socialize a whole lot anymore. Mm-hmm. Um maybe once my kids kind of go to college or whatever, maybe I'll get back to
0: that, but it's, uh, you know. What are, what's um, maybe some insight for uh, someone like myself who is hoping to be married someday, what would you say are some, uh, some, some advice or some insight that you can offer to someone like myself to make sure that I have a successful marriage and a great relationship?
1: Dude, this is so ridiculous. You're going to get 70,000 like marriage proposals right now. Like the fact that you put it out there, <laughs> you just open you broke the internet. Um, I, you know, honestly, you're one of the best guys I've, I, I know. And um, I mean that, especially, uh, you know, in Thank this business, it's incredible, but just in general, you're such a solid dude and uh when you when you went off to such bigger and better things after all my children i mean i swear to god i was so incredibly happy for you man like you everything that you've got going on in your life i was always the biggest the biggest fan of yours so the fact Thank that you, you. married Thank must you. be that you haven't met the right person yet because
0: i'm too busy man i got too much going on i'm like <laughs> I keep thinking, like, when I grow up,
1: I'll get married. Yeah. Well, you got time. You say you're 48, but you look like you're 28.
0: Um, <laughs> but I'll say
1: this. I'll say this. When I got married, see so you're, 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 you're your wife. I'll say this about my wife, too. When we were on All My Children together, I hope this doesn't embarrass Colin. My wife and I were, were crazy. We were kind of like big partiers at the time. We were like, ah, you know, whatever. We were silly. And she always said to me, she's like, if I could have one cheat, if, if we had like a legal cheat – it Would be Colin, and I was like, That's a little too close wow. to home. Like, I see the guy every day, like, now it's awkward. Like, what are you doing? Um, but anyway, you missed your chance with my wife. Am I
0: red? Am I blushing?
1: I, uh, I here's what I learned when I got married, I definitely was still, um, and you know, I guess it's sort of normal, but I was very sort of, uh, well, pretty selfish guy to be completely honest. Like, I feel like. Um, you know, I've been single a long time. I got married when I was 33, I think. And, um, and I, I feel like the, the big, beautiful, we, we had trouble, you know, the first five years of our marriage. I've been very open about it. We, it was really rocky for a long time. Um, obviously, um, we worked it out, but the real big thing, I feel like for, for me, from my side was, um, learning the benefit. And it also came with having kids for that matter, but learning the real benefit of truly being other centric to really, to really truly think about others and care about them and what they want and what makes them happy and what makes them unhappy and try to avoid those things. And, um, and that shift, you know, from being like the actor or the model me, 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 me kind of feel Mm
0: -hmm. to,
1: to what about you, even though I'm far from perfect, obviously. But that shift was what made um, the relationship become better than it ever was. Like it was, it was uh, it very, very much one-sided when we first met. And that was more, whatever I wanted to do, wherever I wanted to go on vacation, she was just sort of support me. And and she was very sweet and kind about it. But at the end of the day, it's not going to last. It can't, it can't last like that. And, once it started to not last like that, we mm-hmm. took a look at it and worked on it. And, um, and obviously having kids also helped to learn what it feels like to truly you know, care about another human more than you ever thought you could. Those yeah. things, really, uh, for me, that's, that's the key to, um, to making a relationship work, to, to cherish others, to cherish each other, to, to really uh, like actively, really like actively. Mm-hmm. to do that is, is, and, that, and that'll, that'll improve your communication that'll improve all the other things that are on the list Yeah. But, do you
0: feel like marriage is a good place to heal the things that you've needed to, to deal and heal with from like childhood all the way up into adulthood
1: I think having her by my side yeah I feel because
0: um, that's what I've yeah. heard is it um just, you know, the things that we grow up with, yeah. you know, from childhood into adulthood, there's so many things that happen to us and uh, it's hard for us to sometimes process these things on our own. And I firmly believe that when I get married, it's going to be with someone who I can intimately share my deepest, darkest things where I feel like I'm going to, it's going to be a safe place for me to share that stuff. Yeah, where I'm not asking her to fix it for me, but it's a safe place for me to just talk about it and at least help me work through through some of that stuff. Yeah. and I think that's that's one of the things I'm really looking forward to to uh, to getting married.
1: Yeah, but, I, I hear I hear you, and you're you're totally right. Like you got to be able to, to to be able to share that stuff, you know, and you, you're right you're not asking anybody to fix it, but at the same time, just to hear it and to understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Vanessa, uh, my wife helped me, um, a ton in becoming, you know, like a better guy and a better person, a better dad and, uh, like a ton, like, and hopefully I helped her too. Um, uh, but the, so on that note, exactly. be mm-hmm. um, here for each other and uh, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a wild journey. I guess we're coming up to, uh, 19 years this. Season. Wow. Yeah. 19 That's years. amazing. That's
0: yeah, crazy. That's great. Well, Wait, all, you my
1: children, say, you were on all my children, what year was that?
0: That was, I was there 2005 to 2009.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah.
0: How many years were you on All My Children?
1: From 1997 to 2011 when it
0: got canceled. Wow. Yeah.
1: Wow. One year off amazing. in the middle. I took one year off in the middle. Okay. Yep.
0: Yep. Well, um, we're coming up to the top of the hour here, Cam, and yeah. uh, I just want to say thank you so much for, for being here, for being so candid, open, and honest. And uh, I want to just ask a couple last questions here. Um, what's some advice you would give your younger self knowing what you know now?
1: Um, I, would, I would definitely give the advice about meditation to learn how, like it's crazy that we don't teach that in school to learn how to be still and to like learn how to like work on our insides. I would give my, I would definitely give the advice to learn um, the benefits of um, cherishing others and don't take yourself so seriously, you know, Mm -hmm. in in that sense. Um, And I probably would also say that you're enough. You're enough. You know, because I think being, you know, that crippled kid uh, my whole young life and, and I, I only use that word as in quotes, like that's obviously not a PC term.
0: But that—that mm-hmm. that
1: was the identification. That's how I thought of myself. Yeah. Um, and it, it wasn't okay. And, and I use it in that way only. But um, you know, I never thought I was enough. You know what I mean? I always had to do this, that, and the other thing. And it's also why I used to take my shirt off at fan events all the time, just to, pr- like, <laughs> you're enough, dude. You're enough. I would say that. I would say
0: <laughs> that. Did you have your? Ever have your shirt ripped off like I did at one of those events?
1: Uh, (laughs) I I literally grabbed my shirt and ripped
0: it (laughs) off. Security came and grabbed her off the stage, and then she came up and uh, she apologized and gave me a $5 bill and said, sorry about your
1: shirt. I I would have expected a little more. I'm just saying, Colman.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and for some of the viewers out there, um, some, of their, some of my viewers are actors themselves or have kids yeah, who are cool. wanting to go into the entertainment industry. What advice would you offer people who are interested in getting into entertainment or have kids who are wanting to do that?
1: Yeah, first of all, I would follow um, guidance from people like you. Like I really would. That, that's extremely important. Uh, the insights, uh, even Jacob Young has some great tips for people out there. He's also another actor from All My Children. I think that's really important. So so, take your class and, and, and do all that, but also, I would say to um, shoot your own stuff, put it up on mm-hmm. YouTube, be your own creator right now, especially people are um, you know back in the day you had to go to auditions and just hope to get an agent and all that kind of stuff. People are getting agents mm-hmm. from you know their YouTube channel or from whatever um, so I would highly recommend to get used to to putting yourself on tape, even if it's on your iPhone with a script that you downloaded from a famous play, whatever, whatever, whatever monologue you like, shoot it, do it, produce it, make it out, put it out on, on um, any, any really kind of form of media that you can. Uh, a, it's going to get you experience. B, it might get you seen. Um, C, who knows, maybe it'll uh, turn into something that can uh, make you a little bit of money too, if that's your goal. So
0: yeah, great advice. And I forgot one last question from Zulema. She wants to know about your your Mustang, your 65 must Mustang. I love her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, got such, I've got the best fans. They
1: know how to find out so much information for me. We just replaced the engine. It needed a new engine. And I was like, of course I replaced the engine before I found out home and family was canceled. But, uh, I, I wanted to, I want to, oh, I can't find, it. I was going to find it and play it for you on my phone. Um, but it looks amazing. It's a 65 Mustang fastback. Um, It's literally like the sweetest car, the sweetest ride in the world. Um, And now – oh, this is the engine. Wait, I found it. I know you got to go. I know we're out of time. No, it's all good, man. Show me. The engine right there. Woo, baby. The beast. Damn. I don't have the sound on, but you just see the. I didn't know you were a gearhead. I'm actually not. (laughs) I just love this car. I just love this car. So the car really quickly – really quickly – I was in New York, my wife, my girlfriend at the time, Vanessa was in LA. She knew I wasn't serious. Like I said, I was living a selfish lifestyle. She was like, oh my God, this guy's a partier. I flew to LA, I bought this car that we we just happened to see together. And I put it in her name and I left it in LA. This is the 65 Mustang. And I said, this is how serious I am about this relationship. And I left the car in her name with her. And and, uh, so that's what it represents for me, this Mustang. Is sort of like our relationship. It needs work. You've
0: had this thing for like 20 years then.
1: I have. I've had it for I've had it for longer longer than we've been married. I had it when we were just starting to date, and she was like, This guy's not gonna settle down.
0: (laughs) That's so you're saying I have to buy a a woman a car?
1: Well, no, no, (laughs) no. I guess it does seem like that. I was just showing it so that she saw (laughs) that I was like, you know, serious about
0: it. No, it's it's that's good advice. One last thing. Uh, Before we go, because I want to ask you about this dancing with the stars. What was that like? And because I am so, I'm like, I'm dying to get on that show. I just want to do
1: it. Um, I may only last like the first episode, but what was that like? Dude, you'll, you'll do great. You kidding me right now? It was, it was a blast. It was like at the time, especially it was season five. It was like getting 25 million viewers every night. It was like, I was on the biggest sports playoff, game every night people would stop you and cheer. it was so fun it was it literally was my like my inner kid that will ever always wanted to play professional sports even though it, was, yeah. it sort of felt like that like you had a competition you rehearsed you practiced you came out there you know i had to fly i was doing all my children at the time that's right but you
0: were going back and I forth
1: back and forth so people in the airport cheer you on you, you know you felt like um you felt like a <laughs> football star you know what i mean like the way people reacted and it was yeah. so fun it was Unbelievably hard. Oh my God. I mean, you, you have
0: a week to learn each of the dance like mm-hmm. style, like salsa, merengue, waltz. Like, was that
1: enough time? I was doing 120 pages of dialogue and all my children in New York flying both ways, trying to learn how to dance and doing like press and publicity the whole time. It was insane. Uh, wasn't the best for my marriage. I'll tell you that. There you go. <laughs> that was one of the things we had to get through just because it was such a tough time, but um, it was so fun. It was great. Other than that. What
0: was your favorite dance style?
1: Uh, the Paso Doble. If you What's have, if one? you guys have never seen it, go ahead, Google Cameron Matheson Paso Doble and watch my Paso. All
0: right. Can't wait, man. Well, hopefully uh, if I ever have the opportunity to get on there, I'm definitely calling you for some tips. And uh, Cam, thanks so much. I appreciate you being here. Good luck with your quarantine. Is there anything uh, you want to share with us before you take off?
1: I just want to say really quickly, I'll be on General Hospital sometime this summer. You got to check me out there.
0: Yes. When do you start filming that? What's that? When do you start filming?
1: Um, I start, well, I think I start filming in in June. (laughs) Truthfully, I don't even know yet. Okay. I I, I mean, I I know I'm doing it because I signed the contract. That's about all I know. But um, I'm excited to go back to daytime, man. I'll miss you. Yeah.
0: yeah, Awesome, dude. Well, good luck with everything. Thanks so much for taking the time and just being so generous with, with everything you've offered tonight. Appreciate it. And uh, sending you all, all our best.
1: You're the man. I really appreciate you having me, man. You know, I'm, I've always been a huge fan of yours, brother.
0: Thanks, Cam. Appreciate okay. it. Take care for now. will talk to you soon.
1: Thanks, everybody, for tuning in.
0: See you, Cam. Man, what an awesome dude, right? I mean... one of the reasons why i miss working on all my children it's uh it's people like cameron that make this this job so much more fulfilling and uh and just real because you know entertainment can be a lot of smoke and mirrors and it's people like cameron matheson that uh that just you know make you feel it feel like you've got a really good friend in the business and you know life life can throw all kinds of twists and turns your way And it's important to be able to uh, find people like Cameron who uh, you you can share with, you know, intimate stuff. I mean, you saw, like I would go into his room and we would just chat just about uh, different things that we were dealing with. And um, so loved what he talked about in terms of just accepting where you're at, accepting uh, the things that may not be going the way that you want them to be uh, because a, uh, a, calm mind is definitely going to help you be able to move through the most difficult things in your life. It's, it definitely enabled me to move through my cancer experience and uh, you can see that it really has served Cameron on his journey and, uh, and like he said you are enough. We are all enough and it just uh, sometimes we just need a little reminding about that. And uh, I want to thank Cameron again for uh, reminding us all that we are all enough. And uh, I want to remind you guys all that on May 23rd, you guys have the opportunity to join us for our Inspire Summit. And this is going to be an amazing day, five hours of motivational speakers. It's going to be, we're going to have some motivation, some yoga, some meditation. So if you're wanting to learn a little bit more about meditation, I know a bunch of you here were talking about you wanted to try it, you've tried it in the past, maybe it's not something that you've felt comfortable with doing or know how to do, we're gonna be doing a little meditation practice at the summit for you to actually learn how to actually practice meditation because there's a few little things, some insight, and some some uh, some things that uh, Pamela Hunter and I are gonna share with you for uh, about 20 to 25 minutes during the uh, the summit, so it's not gonna to be too long. So definitely want to check that out. We're also going to be doing a yoga session. And um, like I said, we've got a, a bunch of amazing speakers. You can go to my Instagram bio, click on the link to get more information about the, uh, the summit. But again, May 23rd, it is going to be an incredible day. It's going to be on a Sunday. So it's going to be essentially a super soul Sunday like Oprah does. So it's going to be everything that uh, is fulfilling to you, mind, body, and spirit. And it's uh, a day for you to just do something kind for yourself, do something great for yourself. And if there's other people in your life who you want to maybe give the gift of a ticket to, tickets are only 20 bucks. So maybe it's something you want to give to your mom for Mother's Day. Maybe it's something you want to give to your sister or your husband or your kids. It's uh, truly going to be an amazing day. I've brought together a lot of my great friends and um, some great colleagues of mine in the, uh, the motivational space. And I can't wait to, uh, to share with you everything that we've got in store for you. And again, if uh, you want to join this community, our Inspire community, our Patreon communities are continuing to grow. It's been great getting to know all of you in these communities. And uh, if you're looking to uh, join us for our post show uh, that we jump onto after every Coffee with Colin, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Colin Egglesfield and join us there. And uh, again, tonight's episode is brought to you by Camera Ready. So if you're looking to get more confident in front of the camera, if you're looking to understand, What good lighting is like, proper framing, and how to craft your message so so that people actually pay attention to you. There's a reason why people are not paying attention to you or not answering your calls or not wanting to be around you. It literally comes down to some simple basic mindset principles when you are getting up to present to people and uh, in-camera ready. I share with you all the tips and strategies that we learn as actors on the stage so that you can go out there into the world and share your message. Again, this is not just for actors. It is designed to, uh, to share with everyone out there who's learning how to just have better online presentations and who are wanting to get more confidence in front of the camera and in front of live audiences. So be sure to check that out. And, uh, That's it for tonight, and have a great rest of your evening. Have a great beginning to your week. Stay inspired, and I will see you guys next week. Take care.